Help, I got a Mac podcast episode number 91. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Help, I Got a Mac podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biting. We're here each and every week to just talk endlessly about Apple, Macintosh, and our favorite topic sometimes, the iPhone. It's yeah, not, we do love that iPhone. It's not all love fest. Sometimes we call it like it is, and we're all about bringing it to you right now. Chris, you have some things that you want to share that you are just over, I mean, like over the top excited about. Yeah. Okay. So this week, we've been asking for a while now, once uh, Google with their, uh, you know, Gmail and all that stuff, uh, once they started doing um, a compatible exchange syncing with, with the eye, with the, with calendar and contacts, we were all waiting with bated breath for them to do that with, with, uh, with Gmail, you know, push Gmail, yes. and it came it came out this week. We were I was super excited about it. I switched everything over, and then it was really slow. It totally like nuked some of my messages, and um, it turns out that it's not nearly as full featured as the IMAP implementation. So I got rid of it. So Went back w- w- to IMAP. Bef- okay, wait just a second. Hold the presses here. So you're telling me that Gmail has come out with some kind of push. Yeah, push push email. Really? Does it work on Google the the apps like Google Apps? Yes. Really? Yep. And, and and so it's free. and it's free. And and why is it that you don't like it? What 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 how what was it? What exactly messed up for you? Okay, uh, there's some limitations on, on what it can do. Like I like um, I put a lot of my email when I archive because I don't delete really anything. I don't either. You have so. Because you have so much space in, on Gmail, you know, you get seven gigs plus, and it's always going up. Um, I archive almost all my messages in the folders based on clients and, and things like that. You know, uh, random stuff just goes in another folder. You know, and clients like uh, Telestream goes in a Telestream folder, and, and this, that, and the other. Hey, can I so, stop you there for one second? Would you believe I'm at eighty percent of seven point three gigs? That's a lot. I'm at like forty <laughs> percent. I've been going through and deleting some of the because I I'll, I'll send you know. 20 gig or 20 gig, 20, 30 meg attachments. Yeah. And yeah, I need to delete those. But anyway, so I put a lot of my stuff in folders and with the IMAP, I can just bounce back and forth, move mail between folders and stuff like that. It all works great. With push, you can only choose, I think you can only choose one, one inbox or one thing to push. Okay. And so you can't see your other folders. Okay. And to me, that's a problem because I, I I don't just operate in my inbox. I operate my whole, you know, I use all the labels and all that kind of stuff. And that stuff doesn't carry over to the push at this point. But no, let's just say you have the push set up. So you go into your mail application like you normally would. And you're telling yep. me the only thing you see is just your inbox. Yes. Is there an outbox? No, there's no and outbox. You can't, you can't do any drafts or anything like that either. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I guess it'll it'll get there. So, it, and it may have been me nuking my own messages, but I lost. It, it seems like I lost a lot of messages. I can't find them, and they were some really important stuff. So I had to like email well, you, those people back, like a like an internet noob, and ask them to resend the email for me. 
So wait a second. You're telling me that you can't even pull them out of the archives? I don't know where they are. Even even when I went back to IMAP, it felt like it. it no, I'm talking about just going to the Gmail interface and getting them. No, they're not there anymore. That's crazy. Yeah, not like I said, it could have been me doing it. I don't know because it doesn't matter. Web, Here's the yeah. point. It, this is something to be concerned about for those of who are listening to us. I mean, because number one, if 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 their technical abilities are way beyond ours, then obviously they are probably kind of bored by our podcast. So that means that they're either somewhere close to our level of technical skill or possibly even lower, which is not a big deal because but but you see where I'm coming from. If somebody like you yeah. can go in who is not afraid to get in and hack with things and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden you accidentally completely delete and not even can't even find a trace of it in your Gmail online. That's a real concern. Yeah, no. And I, I think another thing that, that may have happened is that I bounce. Um, I, I, I live mainly as far as email goes in my iPhone, you know, mail app or mail.app in my Mac. So I don't have the threaded discussions. And I guess like a whole conversation is is grouped together and it could be anywhere. It could be in the trash or yes. in this is three horrible. or four different folders. It does and, this, and it does that for me on IMAP as well. And that's to me that's a problem. It is. So, so um I, I may have nuked my messages just because of the way I, I use mail app on my phone and on my on my desktop versus the web app. But anyway, so this all happened on Tuesday, I think. And um, what's funny, though, is Sunday, I've been wanting to turn off fetching on my phone because I feel like it uses a lot of battery power, you know, going out every 15 because I, I, I want my, my mail right away. You know, now, you and I differ on that. You know, you get mail like twice a day or something. Yep. Um, but a lot of the stuff that I'm getting is time sensitive, like, boom, we need this done in three hours. And or, you know, we need an edit or something like that. And uh, so I have my mail fetch you know, at the very latest, every 30 minutes. And it was killing my battery. And to be quite honest, push is supposed to save your battery because it's not actively going out and polling. It, you know, data is sent to it when it gets it. So I, I was scouring around and I found something called G-Push. Okay. And G-Push was at first 99 cents, now it's $2. And I guess when it first came out, it had a lot of problems and people had a bad taste in their mouth about it. But... I've been using it since Sunday, and I've, I love it. And what it is is, and this is actually kind of goes above and beyond what what the push does for for the uh, for Google. What this does though is gives me push notifications of new mail. In you know the way Apple does the push notifications, where it does that little pop up and it shows you kind of like a summary of what's going on. This G push will tell me the subject, who it's sent from, and the time. And it's it's faster than getting my mail through the mail app. You know, I'll get this and then two minutes later an email comes in. Okay. Now, what's cool about this is it supports uh, the Google Apps accounts, but it also supports Google Voice. <gasps> so, no. so, if I, so if I get an SMS message, you can, you can have a setting to forward an SMS message to an email. It's so fast, Cliff, that I, I did a test last night. I sent a text message from my phone using, you know, my normal text messaging from AT&T I sent a text message to my Google Voice account. Literally 10 seconds, I get a pop-up from Gpush with my SMS message in it. Wow. So I go and, and I have a GV Mobile on my phone. 
which is the Google Voice uh, app that got pulled. It's still available if you jailbreak your phone, though. So I went to that. Boom, there was my message. I responded back. It came within 10 seconds, too. So under a minute, I was able to SMS pretty much for free. Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking. So if someone sends me an SMS message right now through my Google Voice account, I'll get it right away through Gpush. I have a question. Is it mm-hmm. possible to use your Google Voice number SMS uh, in Twitter and Facebook and those other services? Yeah, it's just use it as a phone number. I haven't, I haven't tried it. Have you? No, I'm thinking about trying it now with that. Now that I have G push. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And then, by golly, thirty bucks a month saved right there. Exactly. And what's cool is, uh, like I said, there, there were some bumps in the road, and you know, it's not perfect yet. But it's getting there, and that they just pushed out a new version uh, that's waiting approval. That is going to have different sounds and, and notification options and yeah, things like that. Good luck getting that approved through Apple. <laughs> well, because right now, um, right now, it's still it sounds like the normal SMS, like you know whatever that sound is. Yeah, and um, they just want to change the sound of it, and and that's fine. I mean, that's not a big deal. Yeah, it, so, it, as long as Steve's okay with it. <laughs> yeah, because, well, as long as they don't pull the app, I'm pretty happy with it right now, though. Yeah, so, well, so grab it. It's two, it's two bucks. It's called G Push. I'm a big fan. They're following me on Twitter now, and uh, it's pretty awesome. All right. Well, I may check that out, although I may not because I don't know that I want to be immediately notified of emails. Hmm. That, yeah. Well, that, you can if you if you have your your SMS email uh-huh. at a different email, then you can just push that. That might be an idea too. Yeah, you know what? I'll I'll think through it. But still, for what is it? Dollar ninety nine, buck ninety nine, buck ninety nine. It's, it's it'll be worth it to download it, have it as a feature, because there I are pay five bucks for this app, Cliff. There, <laughs> yeah, there are times that I have said, you know, I'm waiting for an email, and it's like, you know what? I can't wait. I have to go ahead and and I have to run to the store, and I have to go do this, and I need to go out for my walk, you know, and I'm sitting there going through my walk, and I'm actually just refreshing to see if that emails come in if that emails come in. So there are times when I, I and and the nice thing about push notifications is you can turn it on and you can turn it off. The one exactly. can I just say something that's just a gripe about push notifications altogether is that sure. it doesn't archive them. No, no, they're gone. Yeah, it's, oh, but the, what this does though, uh Cliff, it's cool. Um I I put the the icons ugly as is as all get out, but oh, that's I hate okay. Ugly icons. I know. <laughs> you can go in and change it if you know how to do that. Really? Um, on a non-jailbroken phone, you can. Yeah, you just look at the package contents, and you can just change the ping. <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just, like. See, now this is why I listen to Help. I got a Mac. <laughs> Seriously, you uh, can't, so you just open yeah. up the package contents on your on your Mac in the App Store or on the in the iTunes, and you go in and change that little icon, huh? Mm-hmm. Wow, I could customize my entire. Oh, I'm excited. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Um, but what it does is, is I put the icon right above my mail icon. And so let's say I do, I do clear it out or, or miss it or, or whatever, right? I can, it puts a badge notification on that icon so I can see it, it'll say three or four or five. So I know that I have five things waiting in my inbox without ever opening mail. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. That, no, that is really cool. So I don't know, I, 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 you know, I, of course you, there is the ability to go in, I'm sure, and tell it to only, only, um, update the icon with the number, but not actually give you the, the screen. 
Does that make sense? Like, oh but, yeah, you, so you, you don't get to the, do that. You don't get the display, so you should be able to set it to where I could just get that. But I wonder if it'll still make the noise though. You all all three of those are or are uh, switches. You can turn them off or on. <gasps> Didn't get the so you can turn it turn the noise off. Yeah. So I will probably here's what I'll do then. I will probably get this application. I will tell it not to put it on the screen. Don't pop up a little message and don't make a sound, but do update the icon with the number so that whenever I want to, I can glance and say, oh, there's some messages there. Exactly. I like that. See, I'll tell you what. This is why people need to be listening to Help I've Got a Mac. All right. So very cool. Very cool. So this is a this is a possibility of free SMS messaging on your iPhone using your Google Voice. So I just need to find out if I can get Google Calendar, um, which I use SMS messages on Google Calendar all the time. Uh, if I yeah. can get SMS messages through um, through Twitter and SMS messages through Facebook, because I subscribe to SMS on a couple fan pages, and. Um, and then Steven's in the chat room. He says he's been, he's been using notifications like, uh, G push. So I have been using notifications like G push. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. G push is pretty sweet, man. And uh, like I said, the price, even if it didn't work that great, as long as I can get some of my messages, the price is still pretty good. Now GV mobile. I think I still have that application. Now the free version of GV mobile. Did that have, yeah. did that have SMS? I think so, yeah. What what's the icon look like? I need to look in here and see if I can find it. It's blue. Well, at least the oh, one yeah. I have is You know what? It, I've got that Safari search thingy. So it's just GV and there it is. GV Mobile Free. Is that what it is? Yeah, now now if you don't have GV Mobile and you missed kind of the window on on getting that, you can get uh GV Mobile now for free, but you have to jailbreak your phone. Yeah, so not, not going to do that. But, it, but, but if, if that's the only, like, I, I re-jailbroke my phone just for that application, uh-huh. and it's fine. Yeah. You know, that's not a problem to me. Well, here, here's the deal. I, I've got GV Mobile free, so I, I obviously was too cheap to spend the couple bucks to get it before they <laughs> did it. That's okay, though. No, it's not. That's crazy. So all I can do is dial phone numbers with my free application. Uh, you, oh, yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, all right. What else? What else you got for us? That's all I got this week. I'm trying to see if I got, if I, if I got any more, uh, any new applications this week other than Gpush. Gpush is, is killer. All right, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, the Starbucks app came out, which is pretty cool. Starbucks if you, app? If you, like, if you like drinking, you know, 400-calorie cof- coffees that are costing, you know, $4 a piece, then the, uh, the, yeah, it's a good app. <laughs> cool. Well, hey, um, I want to tell you, you told me about Fling last week, didn't you? I don't think so. Oh, well, somebody else told me about Fling. Fling is a neat little addictive game. And, and I'll, just, I'll just say that it's F-L-I-N-G. Okay. And just go search for it. I think it cost a couple bucks, but uh, it, it's, I think the price is down right now. I can't remember what the cost is. But my what's, friend, the, uh, what's the premise of it? Uh, it, I, it's basically a bunch of little furry animals. They look like tribbles. If you remember what the old Star Trek episode and oh, yeah. most people probably would know that if you're a true geek, but if not, uh, <laughs> just understand little fur balls that you roll across a puzzle board, trying to get it down to where, uh, you only have one little fur ball left on the screen and then you advance to the next level. 
It's it's mm. really it's really cool, very addictive, a lot of fun. And did I talk about last week? Did I talk about my classic games spree that I did? You mentioned it. You may want to refresh my memory did, though. W- did I talk about the fact that I did uh, Frogger and Burger Time? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay, yeah. so we yeah, already I saw co- Burger Time. Yeah, yeah, we we covered all that then. So anyway, yeah, that, that's that's pretty much what I've been using. And let me tell you about another application uh, real quick. And it's uh, been one that I, I've been using the free version of it. And uh, it's 1001 ringtones. And you're allowed to use, you can get three free ringtones. And uh, if you want to go beyond that, then you actually have to, uh, you actually have to, register it but you get i mean tons and tons of ringtones most of them are extremely stupid as you probably can imagine (laughs) uh and the free version you get to choose from 250 but let me tell you there's some gems in here and and i really do mean that in fact my regular my regular iphone ringtone is this and i want to just hold it up to the microphone here after i get it going and let me uh change it to something else and here's my ringtone Isn't that cool? Wow. It's called Echo Plus Beeps. I love it. And it just keeps going over and over again. And it and it just feels so sci-fi-ish. And, and it's something very simple. But that is what I use for my ringtone now all the time. And, of course, the one thing that I think is really neat is uh, that you have the ability to use ringtones for your alarms in the morning. So I, I wake up to the iPhone. And so you can go in. There are a lot. I mean, with a thousand and one, you know, different options, you can imagine there are a lot of different things you could wake up to in the morning. Real quick. Uh, yes. Stephen Cross mentioned uh, the app notifications the instead what? of G push. It mentioned an app called notifications instead of G push. Oh, and I'm looking. I'm looking at what it supports. It looks incredible. Okay, tell us about it. Uh, notification. It's a lot like G Push. You can you can decide, um, you know, to to get pop up notifications on certain things. This one though supports uh, Twitter, Facebook, Gmail, Google Voice, RSS. Uh, it can also have a different sound for each. So if you get you know a, a Twitter notification, it'll make a different sound than if you get a Gmail or or an SMS through Google Voice or anything like that. Uh, it also looks See, like, I'm looking here, you can uh, sleep mode. Wow, that's the big one. That's what I want. Sleep mode during specific um, hours, uh, Facebook notifications, uh, Twitter DM in, under, uh, in about a second. Yeah, wow, that's pretty awesome. That is that is cool. And it's called notifications? Yeah. All right. Well, I will be checking. How much is that one? Three dollars. All right. Uh, still, that's a little bit. That's a little bit more. But that's yeah. I'm that's gonna look, still, I'm gonna look at. Still, I'll worthy. give this one another look too. There we go. There we go. All right. Oh, so, dude. What? That one saves your notifications. No way. Yeah. I, I'll tell you what. Check this out. I'm opening my iPhone right now. I am going to my app store, and <laughs> while Brad tells us about <laughs> extensions in the iPhone. I'm going to be buying myself an application called Notifications. Here's what Brad ah, dude, had to say. I like to buy this one too. Dang on it. <laughs> hey, Cliff. Hey, Chris. This is Alaska Brad calling in for help. I got a Mac. Hey, guys. I just wanted to share some information. I learned just this morning 
it's kind of like this aha moment. I was dealing with uh, phone numbers with extensions on the end of them and couldn't figure out for the life of me how to enter in an extension to the end of a phone number because it just kept moving it over, you know, and adding the prefix number to the area code and it was look, and I, I just couldn't figure it out. So all I did was add another phone number contact and just named it extension and had to remember it when I dialed the number. I was listening to the App Slappy podcast this morning and found that you can even not only add an extension, but have it pause and auto dial that extension for you. So I just wanted to share with your listeners, if they didn't know it existed in the iPhone, which I didn't until again this morning, uh, I just wanted to share with your listeners. So while you're adding the phone number, what you do is you hit the uh, plus star pound little uh button on the bottom left hand corner and it'll bring up another screen with a pause button so you hit that pause button what it'll do is it'll throw up a comma next to the phone number and then you and then you punch in the extension and what will happen is, is next time you dial that number it'll dial the number it'll wait and then dial the extension and get you right in so I thought that was kind of cool a problem I was having last week and then it was uh, cured by listening to podcasts like your guys's uh, to, for the help so uh, I just wanted to pay that forward. Hey, thanks for all you guys do. I appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Take care. All right. Thank you so much, Brad. Did you get that? Have you had the issue with the extensions at all? No, I normally would put those in like the notes or other. I didn't know you could do that. That's pretty cool. Well, there you go. Now, I, of course, I wasn't really following along because I don't really hardly ever have the need to put extensions in. Although, yeah, I'm the same way. A lot of places that have extensions, you can dial by a last name or something like that. So, yeah, I so, just I just kick over the the, uh, the 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 keypad and just do that. Yeah, I well, anyway, I'll tell you that that is very exciting, and I'm very glad that there is an option because I I know there are a lot of people who would love to store the extension in the iPhone address book, and so thank you very much for that, Chris, and I'm. Sh- or Chris, Brad. I didn't do it. I know. Thank you for that, Brad. And I'm so glad that you paid it forward. And and that is really, really awesome that, uh, you know, podcasting can spread wonderful insights like this. All right. So let's see here. The next thing we're going to go to is Jason, who has a question about a keyboard. And here's what Jason has to say. Hey guys, this is Jason Heilman from Dallas, Texas, just calling in for help. I got a Mac, and here's my question. Hoping you guys can figure this out with me. Um, And this kind of goes back to back in the day when I had a Palm Pilot and I had a Bluetooth keyboard that I bought that went along with it, so I could actually type on the Bluetooth keyboard, and it would pick up onto the Palm Pilot, and I could write notes and different things like that. That was like three, four years ago. So I'm wondering why the heck doesn't Apple have anything like that for the iPod Touch? And I just ordered the third generation iPod Touch that just was released, 32 gig. I'm really wanting to know if you guys have any idea. And I've been researching it a little bit online, but I want to know if you guys have any ideas for how to use a Bluetooth wireless keyboard that you can type directly onto iPod Touch, whether you're online or uh, taking notes, etc., anything like that, man. So either if you put this in the show, cool. If not, it would be awesome if you guys could get back to me online or something. So really want to try to get something like that if it's if it's possible here soon. All right, guys, 
Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. All right, Jason. Well, I'll tell you what. When I emailed him back, I told him absolutely not. No way. Uncle Steve does not want the keyboard at this <laughs> point in time, right? Yeah. Well, I was listening to Bagel Tech News or some other n- podcast, and I heard that there is an applica- or a, a keyboard that's coming out for the iPhone. Have you heard about it? No. I know I you could hack the... Uh the phone or the iPod Touch to accept an Apple wireless keyboard, but I haven't heard of anything other than that. All right. I'm, I'm doing a Google search right now. Uh, wireless keyboard phone, uh, an edgy virtual keyboard Mac. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't see it right now, but here's the thing. I, I did hear about it. Um, I would believe that this is going to come eventually. And let me give you my my feeling and this is my conspiracy theory as to <laughs> why we don't have a, a keyboard and it's not because any technical limitations whatsoever like i i'm not sure but i'm almost positive jason probably said back in the palm days we even had you know keyboards for these things we just you know even if they had to be physically attached we we at least had a keyboard and so it, it, the technology's there there's no question about that I believe that Apple purposely withholds features such as copy-paste, features such as um, uh, video, uh, features such as so many other things because voice styling, you know, all the uh, voice control. I, I believe these features and functionalities are already there, can be put in, but they leave them out so that when they create a new phone, there's a need for you to ditch the old and get the new. Yeah. And I think, I it's, agree. I think it's ridiculous. But I wouldn't be surprised that if a, if a keyboard comes out, it may only work for you know the iPhone 3GS. I I have no yeah, idea. That's that's how they do that. Or or the new the new brand new just released iPod Touch. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Man, see, that's the thing that, as someone who loves, you know, the Macintosh and the operating system and and the culture, man, it's so frustrating when they when they do stuff like this and how hard headed Apple can be at yeah. times. It, now, it, you know, on, on the flip side, I probably would never carry a keyboard. Maybe maybe I'd keep like a roll up keyboard in my car or something. But I I've never w- really, I never. There's never been a time for me when I'm like, man, I really wish I had a full keyboard. Yeah, there is for me. I'm pretty fast with that, but that, well, not right now that I have my hand on a cast. But uh, I'm pretty fast for the most part with the uh, well, with my thumbs with the uh, with the Apple keyboard. Yeah, I mean the the iPhone keyboard. One more gripe, and then I promise to leave the rest of the gripe. The rest of this episode will be gripe free. Uh, another thing that bothers me about the iPhone is that ever since, and of course, this comes up in I think somebody else's uh, um, voicemail. It might even be in Frank's. But anyway, one of the things that bugs me about the iPhone is they're developing all this new, these new features and functionalities built into the operating system for the iPhone for the faster 3GS phone. Stephanie's got a 3GS phone, uses the same exact operating system as my phone, right? Yeah. It's the same. Yeah, the exact same thing. Exact same operating system. Her phone, my friend, when I get her phone, it is super fast. I mean, Everything is just like instant, 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 instant. And you want to know something? Before version 3.0, uh, 
uh, before version 3.0, my phone, even though it's the slower processor, blah, 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 before 3.0, my phone was just as fast as her phone is now. And I, and I believe that they're writing things and changing the underlying code so that it w- everything will run faster on the 3GS, which is great. But I think they're doing things that, that actually do slow down the process when the processor is not as fast. So the older generation iPhones are actually going to, I think, over time see even worse and worse and worse speeds because they're creating a the same operating system and so i i you know i almost wish that you know you had the operating system you know remember when you used to have all the you had an ipod nano or an ipod uh a video ipod you which we had both in our family and you know they would release an operating system update just for that that version of the ipod yeah and i wish that they had you know a snappier 3g version of the os versus you know because they're already cutting out i don't have the functionality of of shooting video you know i think it's more for simplicity yeah for the end user you know if they had to but but all that stuff could be facilitated in the in in itunes really it it would you know what there was nothing that when i plugged in my old video ipod and there was a new thing i didn't have to go in and choose okay which version of this os do you want it's like boom Oh, so you have this version of the iPod or the iPhone. There's a new version of the software for this for this device. And then of course, you know, that one would be updated, you know, 2 weeks later I'd plug in a, you know, a little Nano, original Nano and it would say, "Hey, this is you have the such and such Nano. There's new operating system." That that is not. There's that was as simple as can be. And it just frustrates me and that's just a little gripe and now I'm done. <laughs> Just saying. Soapbox has been dismounted. There we go. All right, moving on to John, who wants to know what's the next big thing. Here's what he had to say. Hey, Cliff. Hey, Chris. This is John from Houston calling for the Help I Got a Mac podcast. I just had a question for you. Um, you know, now that 09, 09, 09, and that special Mac keynote event where we all got to see Steve Jobs and get our disappointments about the iPod Nano getting a camera and the iPod Touch not getting a camera and the fact that I bought my iPod Touch 8 gig at 229 and then they lowered the 16 gig to become 229 I, anyway all that behind us all the frustrations all the celebrations now it's always time for us in the Mac world us geeks us fanboys to turn to wondering what the next keynote's going to bring us just wanted to see what you thought was going to be the highlight of the next keynote. Do you think it's going to be that always fabled netbook that Apple's supposed to produce, or the you know a new version of the iPhone, or do you think it could be something related to the Apple TV that you know is long needed and a new upgrade besides just its uh, memory capacity? Anyway, just kind of trying to see what you thought the next keynote's going to bring, and where do you think it's going to be? You know, being that you know they're no longer going to be at Macworld giving a keynote and CES may be just too big for them. Just kind of trying to figure all that out. Um, wanted to run that by you, kind of see what y'all thought. Anyway, enjoy the podcast as always. Looking forward to um, milestone number 100 when you get to that 100th podcast. You guys, appreciate it. Have a great and wonderful uh, day of recording. All right. Thank you very much, John, for your voicemail. Great to hear from you. 
Uh, let's see here, Chris. First of all, where do you think they'll start doing keynotes at? Uh, they could still do them at the Moscone Center. That's what uh, I was when thinking. They did, yeah, when they did the... Or Apple's got their own auditorium uh, in like building five, I think, or two. Yeah. I can't remember where it is. But, uh, you know, they, both of those places, obviously, uh, they would use their own facility if it's a smaller thing. Um, if it's a big thing, they'll, they'll do it at Moscone or at the... Um, CES. The Fine Arts Center or wherever, wherever they did the, the one for the, uh, the one just a few weeks ago. Um, and I think the next big thing is going to be the fabled tablet. I believe it is. I think we are going to see an iTablet uh, that will not necessarily be a full-blown computer. Won't be, uh, it won't be as, as limited as an iPhone, but will probably be more closely resembling an iPhone than an than a actual MacBook. Yep. That is my opinion, and of course, that's just based upon a lot of speculation that I hear by listening to other podcasts and uh, things that I read on the web. And I would say that, and of course, I you know I, I have no problem saying that I'm wrong later, but I believe that'll be the next big device that comes out of Apple, and I would say I'm about 95% sure, if not a little bit more. So I agree. Yeah. Let's, yeah. It, it's going to be exciting. I, uh, we're not going to see anything new until next year. I don't think I'm going to want to buy it though. I, I'm, I'm predetermining that I don't want to buy it. Yeah. Because I don't need it. I mean, I, I, and that, that's the thing I hate about, you know, you get, you get into the marketing hype and all the excitement and all this stuff. But you know, I, I feel like I was a little bit let down with, you know, my Google voice not being allowed to be put on my iPhone. I was waiting for a long time for that app to come out, and uh, then all of a sudden it comes to the the store, and they cut it off at the last minute. That kind of bummed me out. Of course, then there was my own app as well. So I don't know if I want to be tied to another big, expensive Apple device that's locked down. Yeah, I probably won't buy one. But I'll tell you this: I do love my MacBook. I, I just <laughs> want I just want to throw that out there because I've been throwing out a lot of Apple negativity. And and a matter of fact, I was I was actually sharing uh, I think with Stephen the other day uh, in a chat. It's like, listen, I love my MacBook, I I love my iPhone. I'm really just not digging Apple. Uh, corporate culture over there is a little bit on my on my on my bad list. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So moving along, we're gonna have Brad call in again. This time he's gonna tell us about uh, his iDisc on his iPhone. Hey, Cliff and Chris, Alaska Brad, calling in for help. I got a Mac. Hey, I just wanted to update you guys. I did figure out how to use iDisc. Uh, my my issue I was having, a little recap, is that uh, I couldn't get my iTunes music over to iDisc, and I found out that you cannot drag from directly from iTunes. You have to go into the Finder, find your music, drill down into the folders that you want, and then drag those to the iDisc. And it's as simple as that. So now I have access to my music anywhere I'm at uh, through iDisc and uh, and actually works on Edge. It takes a little while to download the song. It actually buffers, but uh, yeah, able to even get it on Edge. So just an update. Take care. Wow, Brad, you've, you're on top of things, my friend. He, we should just call him our weekly correspondent. <laughs> From way out west. Exactly. All right, we're going to go on to the next one. Uh, 
I'll tell you what, Chris, if you need to take a little break or anything like that, uh, this one's a little lengthy. I think it's like four minutes in length, but there's a lot of good stuff in here. So I'm just going to hit play and uh, we'll let it go from there and we'll we'll follow up with a little commentary. Okay. Cliff, uh, this is for you and Chris Biting for the Help I Got a Mac show. This is Frank from Connecticut calling. How you guys doing? Love your show as always. I love all the shows on GSPN. I have had uh, iPhone 3G, not the 3GS, and it's never been jailbroken or any of those funky things. But I did uh, download uh, a function several months ago that would make it available if I wanted to. Uh, possibly, let's just say hypothetically, tether my iPhone to my Mac, which I've been using from time to time when I've been in places where there's been no Wi-Fi available or only dial-up or other such things, and the tethering has came in handy. So I've been resisting upgrading um, during the update, but finally I did. I up- upgraded to the uh, i to the new um, iTunes whatever it is, 9.0, and the, the, then I upgraded to the, uh, to the iPhone 3.1, uh, assuming, just, just, just figuring that it was going to wipe out the tethering function. Well, two things happened. First of all, it did not wipe out the tethering function, but what it did do was completely crash my iPhone, and it made me have to completely restore the whole thing. Uh, I mean, it, it just, it, it was creepy. It was like somebody from Mac was looking into my into my iPhone saying, you should not have installed that hypothetical tethering function. Therefore, we are now going to give you a little scare. We're going to wipe everything off of your iPhone and make you restore it. All right, so I did. I restored it. And lo and behold, the tethering function was still there. I thought, what's going on here? Well, another that was strange thing number one. Strange thing number two, I continued to tether a few times. And then... About two days ago, I realized that when people were leaving me voicemails, my visual voicemail was not working. It was going directly into my voicemail, and I checked my voicemail remotely, and I heard you have three messages, but they never showed up in visual voicemail. So I checked a few Mac uh, websites, and lo and behold, if, uh, what it did was it wiped out my ability to use my visual voicemail, and the only way to make that work was to get rid of the Ben, Cappy Ben, whatever his name was, um, software. I had to delete that. That was the only way to do it. Some sites, some sites said restore, some sites said reset, some sites said, and nothing worked until I got rid of this, that, uh, that uh, hypothetical tethering function. And then, boom, my visual voicemail came right back. It was creepy, creepy, creepy. So having said that, I also want to tell you that since I've upgraded to the new software, I don't know if anybody else has this problem, but I have had this problem a lot before I upgraded and even now after I've upgraded, and it is just driving me nuts. AT&T, I, I will be driving in an area where I have four, five bars, just perfectly clear. And this morning, for example, I, my, calls dro- my calls dropped five or six times within a one-hour period, just right in the middle of leaving a message, click, gone. Boop, boop, boop. And, you, you know, you know the sound, you know the, what happens in your phone. Uh, five minutes later, boop, 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 lost call, call drops or whatever it says. And 
it, it, it's been happening to me, to me a lot more with AT&T, and I have just had it. I can't wait till there's something else other than AT&T available for the iPhone, and I wonder if you guys have heard anything about when that might be available because AT&T is just horrible. Um, okay, there you go. Sorry to ramble on and on, but I had a lot to say, and as always, I'm enjoying the show. Help, I've got a Mac. Bye, guys. All right, Frank. Let me tell you, I I, I will tell you, you're we're, you're not alone. And you know, surprisingly, my AT and T coverage has been a lot better re- recently. I ha- I yeah, was I think have, the the rumor has they're moving people over to a new frequency. Yes. So they're freeing up a little bit of bandwidth for everybody. Yeah. So I I've noticed that they have greatly improved in my area. Now, obviously, in your area, you're still experiencing some issues, and and I don't doubt it for a second because by golly, I was there. And you guys heard all about it. Uh, just want to say regarding the tethering, I also may have possibly had that installed. And I, for some reason, I drove to, when I drove to Tennessee, I got a thing that said I had 43 visual voicemails. And I'm like, what? And I started listening to them and they went all the way back to June of this year. I had not been wow. notified since June that I had voicemail with AT&T. And soon as I de- soon as I went in and deleted that little um, th- provision for my tethering, it all of a sudden the voicemail started coming through immediately just as Frank described. So for those of you who may have gone to help.ben.at and installed that just so you know, you may not be getting your voicemail notifications. And if you're like me, you may have lost. You may have <laughs> lost an opportunity to return a lot of phone calls. Yeah, when, when I did the tethering thing, um, I did it a different way, and I still had my my visual voicemail. But I, I got rid of that profile a while ago. I was kind of paranoid that maybe you know AT and T can track that and decide to charge me a ton of money, and I didn't. I didn't have a ton of money, so gotcha. I turned off. I turned off tethering and. You know, we're we're, we're all going to get a new uh, a, one of those new profile updates anyway tomorrow when SMS comes out. Oh, is that coming out tomorrow? It is, and I, I would be I would I would bet you dollars mean- to donuts that it if you have tethering on your phone, it will lock that down. Gotcha. And so you you and by the way, you do mean MMS? I think you just misspoke. Yes, MMS, my yeah. bad. And then Steven's in the chat room. He says, just a little note about notifications, the email push program that we're talking about. And by the way, I've already purchased it, uh, and I just regi- <laughs> I just registered my account, and it's now active. Cool. Uh, he says, uh, a, a, I think I'm gonna keep. I think I'm gonna keep G Push since I paid for it, and because uh, they're coming out with that new version. And if that new version doesn't doesn't uh, blow air up my skirt, then I'll. Uh, and I'll switch. Gotcha. Anyway, he says it works. This notifications works by forwarding your mail to your notifications email address. So, uh, so using filter rules and Gmails, you can filter the messages that are pushed. You can also use, uh, let's see, you can also use as mail accounts if you want. Okay, I don't understand what he means by you can also use as mail accounts if you want. But anyway. Uh, so I, okay, that's good to know. And I'm glad that means I can select the kind of stuff that gets pushed to my phone and what doesn't get pushed to my phone. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like it. I like it a lot. And of course, (laughs) knowing that anything that gets emailed to me, I can actually send things from certain things that, 
that will send out email notifications, I can filter them to skip my inbox, but automatically immediately forward it to my G push. How awesome and geeky is that? (laughs) It is cool. All right. One more voicemail, my friend. This comes from Andy T. And here we go. Cliff Andy Traub plus member number 304 calling from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Hey, I have a question for help. I got a Mac because maybe you could title the show help. I don't got a Mac yet (laughs) because here's the deal. I would love a Mac, but I obviously have a business. I help people with technology and to be honest, I just I haven't found that many times when I've needed to have a Mac. Now, I have like a really old school G3 Mac or something that's just archaic. But my question for you is, because I know you use a Mac and a PC, which is totally weird, do I need to get a Mac? Because I don't feel like I need a Mac right now. I'm doing everything on PC and it's working for me. But at the end of the day, Cliff, I just don't feel as cool using a PC. So do I need to give into the peer pressure? I know it's worth every penny, but do I really need one? Thanks, Cliff. All right, so Chris, what do you think there, man? What you would don't you need say? one. Um, here's what I would say. All right. Here's, here's what Uncle Chris has to say about that. And I'm adjusting my chair. Um, the way I look at it is I could spend more money and, and get a MacBook or iMac or, or whatever that not only runs OS 10, but it'll also run Windows and Linux natively. Okay. So uh, it's a machine that, that, that it's kind of a, a do-it-all machine. I get the best of everything. Now, obviously, I'm going to pay for that. Uh, that's like someone saying, I really want a BMW, but my Chevy's working just fine. Yeah. I mean, they all, they all get you from point A to point B. It just depends on, on what you want your comfort level to be. All right. And here's what I would have to say. I would say, number one, you said that you're already able to do everything that you want to do right now, and you already have the Chevy. And if the Chevy gets you from point A to point B, and it does everything you need to do, and you have a lot of value in living debt-free and and uh, freeing up your resources for more important things than just a bunch of you know superficial things that make you feel good about yourself, then I would say, no, you don't need a Mac. However, yep. I will I will spin it this way and say that well think about it this way your business is all about being a technology expert for your clients. You may or may not have in, in, engaged in this long enough to know that you're going to come across many clients who only use Macs and you may be limiting yourself when you are not familiar with the Mac operating system, the Mac limitations the Mac options, uh, and and various other things when it comes to that. So I will tell you, I say that from experience because before I had a Mac, I thought that Mac people were just weird. And <laughs> well, we, well, we are weird. Exactly. Uh, but the deal is, is that now that I own a Mac, here's, here's what I have. I, I have clients that I train how to do podcasting. I will tell you that 45% of every client I speak to is a Mac-only person. Yep. And I'm able to use GoToMeeting, and I'm able to actually sign in. I'm actually able to make them the presenter of our consulting session. And I'm able to say, hey, give me mouse controls, and let me show you how to use GarageBand to edit a podcast. Because I learned how to do it, and I can train them how to do it, and that makes me a lot of cash per hour to be able to yeah, sit the, down and teach them how to do something that I know how to do on the Mac. 
Yeah, no, no, knowing the Mac stuff is just another tool in the uh, toolbox. So if I and, and since the Mac can run everything, might as well you know have a machine that can that, that is like a Swiss Army knife for you. Yeah. So if you were an individual where Andy, if if you take out the whole you know my business is to teach people technology, and and you are saying I'm a technology expert to your clients, you take that out of the equation, and I say absolutely not. Go put your money somewhere else. All right, but the only re- and I'm not saying you need to go out and get it today, but it's something to consider. That's all. It's something to consider. And I don't think you have to have it, but I think eventually you're going to run into some things where you're going you may possibly lose out on some opportunities to consult with some people where you're not able to help them because you're not familiar with the Mac OS. Anyway, that's all we have this week. We want to hear from you just like we heard from Brad and Jason and John and Frank and Andy. You can give us a call, area code 859-795-4067. That's 859-795-4067. Use your iPhone, voice memo, share, feedback at gspn.tv. God bless. We'll talk to you next week. And See ya. Bye-bye.